back to her story. I have our mayor of DeSoto, Rachel Proctor, here. Um, for those of you who are who don't live in the DFW area, she is our newly elected mayor of our city that I live in. And I just want to welcome her today. Thank you so much, Mayor, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, and just congratulations again of being just being newly elected. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience, please? Yes. Well, thank you, Lady Carter, for having me here. It is such a pleasure to be on this call with you. I'm excited to finally get to chat it up with you here on your podcast. So uh, again, like you said, I'm Rachel Proctor, the 22nd mayor of DeSoto, Texas. And uh, I'm just here. I'm excited. Um, just it's a pleasure to actually get to serve. If you didn't know, many, many people don't know, but I actually grew up in DeSoto. So I graduated from DeSoto High School. So I am my, my blood runs green and gold <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> so I'm just excited to be here to chat with you. That's great. Listen, so growing up in DeSoto, you went, what was the elementary school you went to? I went to, you know what, my family actually moved to the city probably like 1989, I think. So I was in the third grade. So I went to Northside Elementary School. That was the first school I went to, then matriculated to the Meadows. It was Meadows Intermediary at that time. So it was only like fifth and sixth graders. And then I went to East Junior High at the time. So I think all the names have changed since then, but East Junior High and then of course DeSoto High School. Well, listen, I would love to, I know our audience would love to hear about how did you decide or just decide to run for mayor? Yes. So, you know what? It's, that's, that's interesting because if you would have told me probably, well, I guess maybe 10 years at this point, if you would have told me around that time that I would even be serving in this capacity, I would have told you, you've got to be kidding. Because my family, my okay, so my dad was a pastor and he was a businessman. And we just didn't talk about politics in our household. It just wasn't something that we really delved into. Like Jesus was our president, but that was as much as, you know, <laughs> politics were talked about in our household. So for me to be in politics, um, especially at the local level, is was it's just it's mind boggling to me. But um, I think I really got involved in like what was happening at the local level when I bought my first home in DeSoto. Okay. And so after I graduated from college, I came back, me and my sister bought a house together and I got my first tax bill. <laughs> and oh my. I was like, oh, oh my, that'll, that'll wake you up. And so, you know, I was like, okay, who are these people? Where is this money going? You know, what's going on with this? And so I started to kind of get involved with like our city council and just all the things that were happening and just the development of our community. And because I graduated from DeSoto High School, I actually got interested in possibly being on the school board. Okay. And so my first kind of thoughts and ideas about getting involved at the local level in terms of being, being elected to an office was school board. And so I was actually a board member for the DeSoto Chamber at the time. This was around 2011, 2012. And I was at a gala and I talked with a friend that night and they mentioned that there was possibly a seat on the city council that was coming available. And so I had not, again, I'd not even thought about it. It wasn't even anything that I thought was in my range of motion. Like I felt school board was kind of the low hanging fruit because of course I graduated from the solo high school. So it's just kind of a natural fit. And literally that, um, that week I'd actually picked up a packet to file for school board. And so when they mentioned that the seat for city council was coming on, you know, uh, on board possibly, 
I was like, mm, no, I don't think that's really for me. That's really not my thing. I, I, you know, it kind of just seemed like it was kind of like, have you ever felt like it's kind of like those people over there just felt like out of your reach and out of your, your league, you know? Yes. And so, um, but long story short, I was like, okay, well, I just couldn't like shake the idea and get around it. And so I was like, okay, God, if it's for me to do the city council versus the school board, then you'll make it clear. And so, you know, of course, <laughs> he made it very clear that city council was where I was supposed to be because here I am today, right? But um, yeah, it was just kind of one of those things that was divine providence. Because um, it was, you know, if I guess it, and and I, if I can say this, and, and I'll hand it back over to you, but if I could say this, it's kind of like some of those defining moments. Have you ever had those where it's kind of like, you are trying to be as intentional as possible, but it's almost like a part of you, the instinct part of you is like, while I want to be intentional about like the path that I'm taking, it's something instinctive about like saying, no, it's this, like you, you're, you don't really see it all the way, but it's like the instinct in you, or I say the Holy Spirit in you saying, no, it's actually the other pathway. And so that's kind of how I feel like I got to this point. Wow. It's such a, that's what a great testimony. And I think the thing that just sticks out with me is that you just saw a need. And instead of complaining or sitting on the sidelines and saying, man, my taxes, you said, (laughs) you know what, I'm going to get involved. And where do I get involved? And I'm sure it was with a lot of prayer. And because I I, kind of agree with you. I didn't grow up as a PK. I married a PK. I I wasn't looking to marry a PK. But (laughs) anywho, um, I just remember um, just thinking about just different choices and thinking like, oh, wow, this is Mm -hmm. is where my life is leading. I thought I was going to be doing this. Right. right. Instead, I'm, yeah, I'm married to a a pastor of a church Mm -hmm. and so on. And how does that change? Because I think all women, we have such a plan and we have our ideal plan and we have written it out. Yes. (laughs) And we know exactly how we're going to execute it. And God has his own plan for us. And I just, I, I applaud you for just being obedient to the spirit. And um, just waiting on God and just seeing, you know, God, hey, if this is where I'm supposed to be, um, you have divine direction in that. Yes, absolutely. Well, so, you know, in politics, diving into politics and not growing up in a, you know, a political family, because you hear about all these politicians that, you know, my family was this and this is what I've been exposed to. What's one thing that you wish you would have known before um, jumping into this political game? (laughs) Let me see. (laughs) (laughs) That that opened up a whole floodgate of things that I think, but I think, you know, what the Lady Stephanie, I think the overarching thing is that I wish I would have known from the very beginning is that it's okay to actually be yourself. Yeah. And to show your real personality. Like, I think for me, and here's one thing that I and I will never, ever forget this for many reasons. But there was, uh, when I first got elected to office, um, again, this was like 2012, 2013, um, I was wearing my hair naturally. And um, like really curly and all of that. This was kind of when natural hair was kind of becoming a thing, right? And so, um, you know, all the YouTube bloggers were kind of emerging on the scene, showing you how to <laughs> how to do how to get it done. And so, um, one of the things, and they were actually a trusted, like, and 
trusted friend of mine. So I was kind of blown away by it a little bit. But I understand now that I'm looking back on it, I understood where they were coming from. And they were saying that uh, they told me, they said, hey, you may want to straighten your hair out because um, I think the natural hair will offend the voters. Hmm. And I said, it kind of took me aback. And I was like, wow, you know, like, and I listened to it. And I permed my hair <laughs> and I hadn't, mind you, I hadn't had a perm in like who knows when. And so I guess my hair went into shock and like literally it started falling out. Oh no! Um, <laughs> and so I had to end up getting like, you know, extensions or braids and all this stuff while my hair was growing out. But, you know, after a while I began to think, I'm like, wow, that's crazy because like, how is it that wearing my hair the way that it grows out of my scalp naturally offensive to people? Mm. And so it's just like, I wish I would have kind of, kind of stood my ground a little bit more during that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, my hair's grown back since then, yeah, but it's just yeah. kind of like the mindset that that put me in. It was like having to change who you are or what you love about yourself to appease people. And that, that was the way that I it had to be in politics. And now I know better you know, um, because I see now that, you know, voters, they typically are drawn to people who, who they can, you know, see are just truly being themselves and authentic, um, in, in the way that they present themselves. And so that was kind of one of the lessons that I, that I had to learn early on. And unfortunately we had to learn the hard way that it is okay to actually just be yourself and do it the way that God gives you to do it. And I think sometimes in politics, we feel like we have to have this, this look like there's this standard and there's this box that you have to fit in in order to be accepted. And I'm learning better now that that is not the case. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of us can identify with that. I remember um, just even those first couple of years, just serving as the first lady of Concord. I thought the image of me wearing a hat or the shiny suit and the bedazzled shoes was what I was supposed to be. And I'm just thankful I got delivered from it. But um, in that season, you are kind of struggling if you're not sure of yourself and you're just trying to fit this image, um, you do kind of fall into that trap. But the blessing is we don't stay there long. Right. (laughs) And we get out and we realize, dude, all I have to do is love the people and just be myself and be my true authentic self. And I think that's what's appealing um, to people when they see you is that, oh, she's she's herself. I see her with her braids. I see her with I see her with her stenches. I see her and I see myself as well. And I can identify nobody. It's hard in this season of life to identify with anyone who you kind of like, are you? Are you kind of faking the funk? <laughs> <laughs> oh right. My goodness. Oh my goodness. So, you know, um, with g- jumping into this game, because you're so young, I'm not going to tell your age, but you're you're young. And I know there were some hurdles that you probably faced, but how did you overcome them? You know what? One of the things, again, I'm I'm just kind of thinking back over a lot of things that happened and uh, I actually ran for mayor in 2019 mm-hmm. and I didn't win, <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things that I try to tell, especially young women that um, come to me and they're, they're seeking to do things that they kind of feel like outside of their league or maybe other people have put that, that on them that, Hey, no, you should just stay in your lane. You should just 
you know, stay in this place. Like it's, I really want women to know in terms of, and, and this is something that I had to, to get after the loss. It was something that I had to come to grips with. And that is, it is okay. Mm-hmm. If you, if, and when you have to fail publicly mm-hmm. and let me, let me qualify that statement because like I lost in 2019, there's no way that we could say it didn't happen. Like this is a, this was a public failure. And I think a lot of what stops a lot of women from really pursuing. And I think if I, so like, I think a lot of what stops women is that, you know, we, we look at that, the potential or the possibility of not winning or not failing. And at the, at the detriment to ourselves that we just don't even try at that point. Like if there's a possibility that I won't get it or that I won't um, be successful, then I just won't do it at all. And I think it stops so many women from being great because the what I've learned, even in that experience specifically, is that the goal of 2019 was not to win it. Like there was some things that God had to do again in his divine providence that losing was what had to happen in order for God to bring some things out of me. Um, some things that needed to be exposed. There were, you know, there was a lot that I could say about the situation, but I won't for the sake of time. But there were some things that God had to uh, get out of me so that when the time did come, it wasn't that it wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen at that time. But God had to do some things within me so that when the time did come, he knew that he could really trust me with that with that level of, um, you know, with that level of anointing, I would say, to, to be in that position. Like God has to know that he could trust you. And sometimes there has to be this period of testing with our character um, that God will take us through. And so I've learned since then that the goal was not to actually win. Sometimes we have a goal, right? Mm-hmm. It's our goal, but it's not really what God's goal is. Like the goal was for God to put my character through some testing in that period. And so I think that if if more people, especially women, would get be okay with the fact that there's a possibility that what I want to see happen may not happen but it doesn't necessarily, and I feel like, I feel, I feel like I want to, there's a way that I can say that better, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, listen, you are killing it. You're going to, you're helping so many of us because you're, you're right. You're hitting it right on the nail that sometimes we are afraid to try and it's easier just to stay in our comfort zone. And you even, and I like your, your testimony of just starting off on the council. And even kind of like, well, I don't know, I haven't done this and this is not my family, but you know, this is not what I grew up in, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to try. And then, you know, running against running for mayor in 2019 and losing, but still saying, you know what, I'm still going to try. And I think even for your generation, especially like, I mean, I'm 47 and I'm thankful that we did not have social media when I was in college or in high school, because just the pressures that um, we put on ourselves, it, it, it comes from just the impact or just the judgment we feel from social media. I was watching, I mean, I was watching something uh yesterday and Khloe Kardashian put out some statement because of some pic that she had, like, please don't judge me. It was just something so crazy, but it was something that somebody had posted, her family member had posted and she wanted it taken down. But I mean, it's just something that even that crazy that we will, will stop us in our tracks 
to not run for something, not go for that job, not to pursue that relationship, but um, you found in yourself and just through prayer and just your relationship with Christ that, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for this and I'm going to try. And I think that can be, that's an inspiration. And that's a word for all of us who are listening that no matter what we face, we got to try. We got to try. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that because like you said, just going back to social media and just the the public opinion period, it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, on and off social media. It's just such a, to me, it's something that, again, and I'm still continuously working. Like, I don't feel like I've arrived, right, to where, like, right. no anything anybody says just doesn't impact me. Like, there are some things that, and I think that's what people forget, especially as elected officials. They feel like, well, you're elected to office, that they can just, you know, say anything they want and treat you any kind of way and forget that you're a real person that bleeds just like they do, that has feelings just like they do. And people sometimes forget that. And I know you can understand that as a first lady. It's like, you know, they just feel like you guys are, you know, or are, are just that we're not human, like, you know, that they can just say and do whatever they want. And again, I think that that's, a, that's just kind of the thing that that fear of like, what will people say? How will people feel like I have even gotten so paralyzed to just like make a simple post because I went into these thoughts of like, okay, if I post this, then this group of people are going to think this or this, this group may think this. And it stopped me from like making a post on social media. So it's definitely something that we as women, we've got to um, just, again, be prayerful about and just prayerful around God to give us the courage to just say mm-hmm. and be whoever God has called us to be and walk fully and authentically in who we're called to be, no matter what, knowing that there are going to be opposition. There are going to be people that there are going to be people that have a difference of opinion and see it another way. And there are going to be people that are just not nice. Right. But that doesn't mean that you don't go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I was, I, you know, I have a 18 year old, a 16 year old and a 13 year old. And I was having a conversation with my daughters and I was just saying the same thing. I was like, Hey, listen, this is, you have to try. You just can't give up. I said, you have to try. And, um, it's very easy to just say, I'm not going to try. But then you're going to look back on this moment and you're going to regret it. And you only have this one chance. So why not live it to the fullest? Why not apply yourself? And I mean, I feel like as a mom, I'm going to tell you like, nah, you know, you might want to sit this one out. (laughs) (laughs) But if, 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 if I see it, it's in your gifts and um, you've prayed about this and this is your passion, then yeah, I'm going to say, go for it. And so on. So we, yeah, we all, we all need that. We all need that in our corner. And, you know, speaking of that, who are the, who are the people who push you? Who are the people that um, inspire you and say, come on, Rachel, you got this. Come on, girl. You know what? So my dad actually passed in 2015, okay. but that is the amazing thing about, I think, and if you've ever lost a parent, you can probably relate to what I'm about to say. Um, just his spirit and just watching him grow up. Like my dad, he didn't even have past what a sixth grade education. And he was able to achieve and to do things that probably statistically, and when we just look at what he had to offer on paper, people would have counted him out a long time ago. But to be able to really walk and work with my dad very close, like me and my dad, if I have to pick a parent, right, (laughs) that I'm most like, it's definitely like my dad. And so just his spirit and the things that he taught and instilled 
into me are things that like literally still push me and inspire me today. Like just thinking about tough times that we went through as a family and our business and in ministry and just things that he shared and words that he shared with me in moments when I wanted to give up on myself because he was definitely the type of person like there was no coddling in our house. <laughs> He's like, if I can do it with a sixth grade education, he was like, surely, Ray, you and your college degree can find a way to get it figured out. <laughs> right. So um, so definitely he is uh, that person that is probably most inspirational to me in terms of just how his memory and just the things that he instilled mm-hmm. uh, into us, into our, our all of us, my siblings, all of us um, still today. It, it, it lives on. Oh, that's what an awesome legacy he's left. And I know he is looking down and just so proud. Um, you know, I was, um, I haven't lost a sibling, but my grandmother was that for me. And I, I just, and just their words, their words of wisdom just kind of lives on. And I feel like it's like my obligation just to like share that, like share their words, yeah. with them, whether it's with my family or, you know, I caught myself talking to a friend the other day and I said something that she had said to me just to encourage them. I was like, man, she's still here. So yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Rachel. I'm so thankful for his legacy and his impact that he's had on you and your family. And just look really now, look, the city of DeSoto now. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. So Rachel, what would you say are your unique skills um, that, you know, just helped you become successful? And I know you're going to be like humble and say, no, I'm not successful, but just (laughs) lead you to just, just where you are now. What would you say are your unique skills? You know what? I would say, I think that my, so many people don't know this, but again, I grew up in the church. So I found out very early on, because if you are a PK, especially if you grew up in a smaller church, like the the preacher's kids had to do everything. So like you had to sing, you had to lead the praise and worship. You had to preach some Sundays, if you had to be the parking lot attendant, like all of that stuff. You had to do it all. So I found out very early on that I was very musically inclined. So I love, uh, I actually play the drums, uh, the the full out drum set. I started playing when I was nine years old, as well I as I love art. <laughs> and I started playing the drums when I was nine years old and uh, I would play for services and all of that stuff. Um, please don't put me on the drum set now because I don't know what that's going to come out. <laughs> no, you probably got mad skills. <laughs> you let me have something at the church and I need an all girl band. I'm calling you. Oh, that is so funny. But yeah, so like music, music and art and all of those things are things that I found out very early on that um, is, I think, a strength of mine. I love music. I love art, love to draw, paint. And so I think I said that to say, I think creativity is one of the things that has um, helped me to be successful in terms of generating ideas and concepts and those types of things. Because even when I look at a lot of what I do here in the city and even just on the campaign trail and, you know, all of those types of things, there were things that I was told, you know, from outsiders, constituents, that things they'd never seen anybody do before on, you know, in their campaigns. And like, even my, uh, my campaign graphics, like that people were just like, wow, they really stand out. We've never seen anybody do it that way. I'm inspired. Like other candidates have been like, who did your stuff? You know, and so like all of those types of things, I think, are unique to 
just a small part in like success, but like I said, generating ideas and concepts. And so I'll speak to the, the, what I mean when I say concepts. So here in DeSoto, we have what is called the Grow DeSoto business, small business incubator. Mm-hmm. And I, myself and another former board member were the ones who generated that concept, like these, these different concepts of how can we actually grow our own entrepreneurs here in the city of DeSoto and all of those things. And so I think that when you are in leadership and when you are trying to develop and grow a community or an organization or any of that, you have to have that ability to generate concepts and ideas and not just for you to, and it may not be that you fully follow through on it, but just generating new things and new ideas that work for your community and your, um, and, and your organization. And um, another thing that I would say is that I really love my ability and I, and, and you said, I could say it, you know, you told me don't be humble. <laughs> I was still saying humbly, yeah. uh, but I've been told again, I, I think these are things that people have, have affirmed in me is that my ability to be a collaborator and to build bridges um, for people to be able to work together. Because again, we know as, as mayor and council is seven of us and we can't do it all ourselves. Like we have to be able to um, identify gifts and things in other people and to help us get the, the bigger mission accomplished. And so I really love that, like bringing people together, seeing who is good at this, because as mayor, we get all sorts of stuff thrown at, at my office to say ideas from the community, like, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? And it's not that they aren't really good things to be done, mm-hmm. but it may not necessarily be something that I'm passionate about doing or that pulls me out of the bed but it needs to be done. And so to be able to collaborate and say, hey, and, and identify gifts in others, because council will tell you, like, I meet with them and I try to see, okay, what are they really passionate about? What issues matter to them? And say, hey, maybe we could give this to you because it's something that you're passionate about. But And, and we can see that, you know, see, let you take leadership on that. And so just the collaborative nature that I try to establish here in our organization and all of that, I think is one of the, I think a strength of mine that I think has led to being successful and hopefully continue to be successful in my time. Oh, yeah. I I have no doubt. I mean, just the key qualities, key qualities that you listed. I mean, being humble and being innovative and then also just working well with others and being collaborative. I mean, that's a lesson to all of us. I think sometimes when we arrive or whether we're a CEO or the head of anything, we feel like, oh, I don't need anybody and I can do this. I can just do this. But you you involve everyone. You yeah. You include everyone, and I think that's the difference. And I think what a lesson for just all of us to just remember that you can't do this alone. You can't do life alone. You can't do your job alone. And you recognize your strength, and then you recognize your weakness, and you say, you know what? I'm great at this, but you know what? You're great at this, um, councilwoman so-and-so. And can you uh, can you do this? Because I know this is your strength, and this is your area of expertise. Could you imagine just the world if we all did this and put our pride aside? (laughs) Well, you know what? I was just thinking and I saw a meme today on somebody's story about like the superwoman syndrome. Mm. And if we're not, if I'm not careful, like that can creep in. And it's kind of like, but you will so burn out if you try to do everything yourself. And so I'm learning like that, like I've got to make sure that I'm not trying to do all the things. 
And, you know, like you said, just maintain a spirit of collaboration and just looking for those gifts and strengths in other people and, you know, trying to get everybody to work together to accomplish the bigger mission. That's, that's great. That's great. You know, I know you're not, I know you're not new to leadership, but I would just, I would just encourage you to have some self-care. Um, so whatever your self-care looks like, and then also just to protect your devotion time and so on. Um, cause sometimes as women, we can get so busy with just the day-to-day of, and the checklist and checklist of things that we have to do that we will miss time for ourselves and um, so I would just encourage you to do that. Take a break, like at least a quarter or something. I know you're new into leadership and so on, but at least a staycation if you can't get away or just something just for yourself or a massage, just something, whatever yeah. you like. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, my last question is, you know, what have you read or listened to recently that has inspired you? You know what? There is a book that my bishop mentioned in church a few Sundays ago called Leadership and Loneliness by Dr. Joseph Walker. And I I think I just gotten elected at at that time. And Uh I was like, oh, goodness, I need to get that book. I don't even know what it's about, (laughs) but I just the title just immediately struck me. And I have not finished reading all of it, but just the first half of the book has been so incredible in terms of helping leaders to understand the normalcy of the peaks and valleys and the emotions and the things that we feel as leaders, especially when you start making it towards the top level of leadership. And it has just been an incredible um, book. And so I would recommend anybody that's in leadership to grab that book and read it. Listen, that's good. That's good. That's a great, that's a great book. That's a great book. Cause yeah, I think the one thing they don't tell you about leadership is how lonely it can be That's because right. because you can't tell every, everything to everybody. And I remember that was a mistake I made early in leadership. I was like, Oh no, I can't. No, I can't tell you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can't tell you nothing. They tell you nothing. I can't do it. But listen, this has been such a pleasure. Um, I always close my podcast by just praying for um, whoever I have on. I would love to just to pray for you and just encourage you and just know that we support you and just love you. Um, Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, Father God, we just come, come praying for our mayor of our city, Lord. We come praying for Rachel, Lord. We just thank you for her life. We thank you for just the impact her father and her family has had on her, Lord. We thank you for just the legacy as it continues through her. Lord, we just ask for just a hedge of protection around her during this season. Just protect her, her study time, protect her devotion time, Lord. We just ask you just to uh, just walk with her daily, Lord, as she makes decisions that affect so many, Lord. We pray for the team that surrounds her. We pray for her counsel, Lord. We pray for just the gifts that you've instilled in her, Lord. We thank you for just her just her creativity, Lord. We thank you for her spirit of humbleness, Lord. We thank you for just how she collaborates, Lord. Lord, we just pray for everyone in leadership that's um, in DeSoto, Lord. Just rest in them. Just protect them, Lord. We pray for our school board, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in DeSoto, Lord. Thank you for the new businesses that are flourishing in DeSoto, Lord. We thank you for just the scholarships that have been awarded um, in DeSoto for the students, Lord, to TCU full rides, Lord. We just thank you for everything that you're doing 
And Lord, we just can ask you for um, just continued wisdom. We ask you for continued patient, Lord, patience, Lord. We ask you, Lord, just to continue to send the right people into Rachel's life as she leads our city. We just thank you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank okay. you so much. I'm going to let you get back Thank to your you. busy mayor schedule. <laughs> and listen, um, if you ever need anything from Concord or just me, period, you got it. Thank um, you. I love you so much. You're such a jewel. Oh, I love you too, man. You take care. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Heart, God, you have